I don't get it. Are you saying that Pinker is alive somehow and he just jumps in and out of people like a goddamn clap or something? I know it sounds crazy, but that's exactly what he's doing. Maybe he's using electricity or something because of the way he died. I don't know. All I do know is that I saw him do it five times today. Well, then let's go just grab the fucker then. Break his neck. I'd love to break his neck. You can't do it that directly, Rhino. You'd be killing whoever it is that he's inside of. That's the whole point. Then why don't you just do like you said you did with this cop? I mean, you can outrun anybody Pinker gets into. And then when they're out of energy, Pinker's just forced out. Then we'll break his neck. Do it clean. <laughs> so, are you a millennial or a Gen Z or a Gen X? Gen X. Gen X. Yes. What generation was Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump, like that when it came out. No, Forrest Gump, the character. Oh, the character. Gen A. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, I heard that the other day. I had to remember it for the pod. <laughs> so how you been? It's been a little while. Yeah, I took a little mini vacation there. Yeah, I did was, take was, a mini vacation. Yeah. Uh, went to San Francisco, got to see... I You forget how much San Francisco is in movies, you know, until you yeah. go there or to leading up to there. I hear it mentioned all the time, and I was like, when you book a ticket, then you hear the name. It's like when you buy a Corolla, then all of a sudden you see every Corolla on the road. Yeah. And, and with San Francisco, it's like, oh, shit, Mrs. Doubtfire uh, film there. So I married an axe murder, Basic Instinct, Dirty Harry. Rice-a-roni. Uh, Rice-a-roni, see? We all, have our, <laughs> we all have our memories. Some don't all involve the stomach, whatever. Man, I haven't had Rice-a-roni in a while, actually. I don't know that I've ever had Rice-a-roni. Oh, it's delicious. But I hear it's the San Francisco <laughs> treat. Is that what you hear the treat is there <laughs> because i could tell you otherwise uh-huh. there's a whole lot of weed there and there's a whole lot of damn good food man yeah. man i ate some good food to the point where we had to have like one day of leftovers because we just were racking it up we went to chinatown had some of the best uh, general chicken and chicken chow mein we ever had some of the best when we first got there i had never grub hubbed anything mm-hmm. but i'm like man we've traveled all day long uh grubhub's like super big here let's do it so in like your first grubhub like the uh delivery fees like wave too and i was like oh, oh nice. this is all working out hell yeah so we ordered some amazing indian food tikka masala and some naan and um and some whole stuff and you walked right out the apartment and like five minutes later it was some guy on a scooter he just showed up and he yeah. handed it to me he's like you paul and like yep boom i was like oh that's the most beautiful thing ever so, i'm paul yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, i had so much clam chowder there and uh how was the clam chowder oh, in San Francisco? Uh, it was amazing. Are they known for their clam yeah, chowder? Yeah, well, they're known for sourdough bread. Uh, and they, which goes really which well. Which goes with... really well. And, well, they're on the uh, on the bay right there, and there's lots of fresh fish. So oh, that's cool. We went uh, to, because we did all the the things, like went to the Golden Gate Bridge, saw the nude beach, didn't realize it was a nude beach there. <laughs> I'm not even sure they distinguish between nude and not nude. Yeah. I think that's just nude You there. just walk up over the hill and yeah. either go, like, well, yeah, okay, or yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> so this is happening. So, uh, yeah, very liberal there, which was fine with us. We uh, we ate a lot of good places and uh, went to Alcatraz, went to Sausalito, took the ferry rides. calls me Vicky. Yep, yep, totally. <laughs> yeah, I had total vibes of going when you walk up that uh, really steep. I mean, this take some there's no overweight people in san francisco and there's a reason because I'm sure. these streets are no joke no yeah. joke so <laughs> i'm still recovering from that 
Hills on top of hills on top of hills on top of hills. It, but I'm excited now. Now I want to just, uh, I feel like I know, about after the third day of being in a city, you feel like in walking back to your Airbnb, you yeah. feel like you start knowing the city. Yeah. And when you are Ubering down, it's like, oh, I know that. That goes on my left now. That's the Walgreens down there. Right, this, yeah. that. So I feel like I always leave too early. This was just like a Valentine's Day weekend, though. But we have another fun one going up to Toronto Hell to, yeah. to see Iron Maiden. Nice, dude. In the fall, so I'm looking forward to that. How about you? How's how's your last couple? Uh, weeks well, been? um, it's been good, man. I got a new yeah. car after hitting that deer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did you get it was from insurance money, or you were just no, like, no? I'm, I'm, you were just like, I'm done with this. Once I, well, a deer hits my car, that's a bad it's, omen. It's the second deer that's hit that truck. So <laughs> I don't think it's the uh, truck. Maybe it's the guy behind the wheel. I, I don't only know. Hit one. I only hit one. The other one was already done when I got you it. You and my girl, man. My girls hit a deer too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, dude, yeah, everything's been going really well. Just working a lot and nice. Just yeah, it's been fun. Seen any movies? You know, actually, I um, I watched Class of nineteen ninety nine. Oh, yeah, I own that and I haven't seen it in forever. I love. I, yeah, I hadn't seen it forever either. Yeah. And dude, I I was really surprised mm-hmm. at how well it held up, and I enjoyed it. Nice, you know. Um, yeah, we might need to toss it on the list. Oh, that's definitely know? one of the obscure Dude, <laughs> movies for I'm sure. I'm telling you, man. Uh, I watched that Power of the Dog with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It was nominated for 12 awards, and uh, I had been hearing good things, and it was on Netflix for free. Ah, that's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it and loved it. You would hate it, but I, yeah. I loved it. Was it was Very it about, slow Western. About a dog? No, not about a dog at all. <laughs> so misleading. That would have pissed you off. You'd be like, where's this fucking dog? Where's the dog, fucking dog, man? God damn it. <laughs> you got to go out there and find that yeah, dog. <laughs> get off your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, no dog to uh, to speak of. <laughs> but uh, there was another couple of movies. Yeah, I'd seen a couple on the flights and everything. And uh, The Last Night in Soho was good. I'm excited to see, I think, next week on Redbox, The House of Gucci is finally coming out to be able to yeah. rent. I'm sure it's so. a fabulous movie. Yeah, it I, looks I good. Just, I'm not going to watch that. I just, Oh, really? I don't oh, like I, that world. Oh, I, yeah. I'm not a fan of that world, you know. Like, no, but that's when you're watching the train wreck of that world right from like your own world sometimes that's exciting right going (laughs) no it happens to them too yeah yeah that's why i like gangster movies i was like i'm just gonna step in here and watch you guys destroy your lives from the inside out that's basically (laughs) what all those big family with lots of money families do yeah and i'm always into seeing a uh, really good performance by uh jared leto because sometimes you get weird Jared Leto, and sometimes you get really good. And I have, I've heard things about that that you get really good Jared Leto on that. Yeah, and, and and like I said, I mean, and I like Adam Driver. I'm so. sure it's a fabulous. Yeah. Like, I, I bet it's, it's Ridley so Scott fucking too. Good. Like, it's Ridley Scott. So that's another yeah. reason I I don't usually avoid Ridley Scott films. But. I just <laughs> the fashion industry doesn't. It doesn't do it for it you. I, I think that's so not the kind of main driving force of that. It, it's a crime. Well, you kind can of drug movie. You can watch sure. it and, and, and report. I'll, back. I'll report back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally will. Uh, because yeah, after that, I'm not sure. Well, nothing. Have you gone and seen anything in the theater? Uh, not since Spider Man. Not since Spider Man. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I don't think I'm going to see anything until the Batman. Batman comes out pretty soon, though. Yeah, it does. It comes out in like a couple weeks. That's awesome. And I absolutely can't wait to see it. And yeah. I will see it. And uh, I will uh, sit my ass there for the entire three hours because I think it's, it's three hours. Three hours. Wow. Man. Dude. And it's going to be amazing. I bet it's going to be good, yeah. man. I've tried to avoid. I've watched enough trailers for it. I don't need to see anything else. So. Although I hope this isn't a repeat of when we talked about Venom before it came out. No, this is a little different. <laughs> when I. 
Venom looked stupid when I saw the trailer for it. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing is, because I listened to it recently, and... Uh, it might like, be the first trailer. The first yeah, trailer, I think they were very... You were like, oh, this new Venom looks yeah. awesome. And then a few episodes later, you're like, oh, fuck, it sucked. It yeah. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, they got me with the first trailer, I remember, because they just showed it like it was an act. They showed no comedy right, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second trailer, they start revealing comedy in it, and you're like, no. Nah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even watch the second one on the plane for free. I, thought I, <laughs> I, I watched Shape of Water, which I own, and I haven't watched it yet. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch Shape of Water. I, I saw the second one, and it was uh, actually pretty decent. They did a good job with Carnage. Yeah. Was yeah. it as goofy as with the first one? Not really. Mm-hmm. It was a little more dark. Um, and uh, what's his name? Um, Woody. Woody, yeah. He, he did an interesting job. It was, interesting. It was almost a little bit of uh, Natural Born Killers, hmm. you know. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So maybe I'll dive down and check it out. One day. You uh, <laughs> might be shocked. <laughs> see what he did there, people? <laughs> Very clever. Yeah, see, it's unfortunate we can't see any more Wes Craven movies. It's it seems yeah. very crazy that Wes Craven isn't with us anymore. Yeah, man. dude. I, as a matter of fact, I was last night when I was watching this, I was like, oh damn, that's right. Like he's gone. Yeah, um, and he put a body of work together of super impressive movies. It was a huge part of my childhood. I have him to thank for a lot of the nightmares I had when I was younger, yeah. uh, before Nightmare on Elm Street even came out, and uh, one of the most fucked up movies ever, uh, Last House on the Left, we had him to thank for, and just obviously the Scream franchise, who just got greenlit another one. Did it really? Because this last one did so well. I didn't. I hadn't heard Dick about it, and yeah, it's no come out either. there. I don't know shit about it, and I don't <laughs> know what people think about it. But no. I'll get it. I'll rent it when it comes on I'll Redbox. I'll stream it, yeah. Yeah, when it comes on Redbox for a dollar, or stream it. For sure. But Shocker. Shocker was huge growing up for me. 1989 was, oh. 1989, there was there was a problem in 1989 because 1989 was the last year where, where I wasn't allowed to watch movies. I mm-hmm. think it was like 86 through 89. So mm-hmm. the four years, 86, 87, 88, 89. I didn't see any movies in the theater. And notoriously, and if you don't realize this, you should pull up like the Wikipedia movies for 1989. Uh-huh. It is phenomenal really? some of the best movies of all time have come out in 1989 really? yeah that was the year that lethal weapon 2 came out indiana jones 2 came out batman came out that summer that summer was insane that's crazy movies. it was so good the summer of 89 and i just killed me not being able to see all these movies and shocker was one of them and my cousin eric saw it in the theater and he was like oh shocker you're gonna love it you gotta wait a year before it comes out on hbo or whatever it was too so just just chill out <laughs> but when it came out he had already prepped me that it was great and when i watched it it just didn't uh it it was so good that it didn't let me down at all. So you remember I told you I had a story about this movie. It's a crazy-ass story, but oh. I swear to God it's true. Bring it. So, because you were just saying your cousin was like, oh, you'll have to wait for a year for it to come out. Mm. So this movie came out in 1989. I, I lived on Payne's Prairie until like 1987 or 88, Okay. I saw this movie on satellite TV mm. before it came out in the theaters. Oh, interesting. How does that work? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Like, but when I when I saw the previews for this movie coming like coming out, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I've already seen this. This is a really good movie. Da, 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 da. I must have been like eight years old at the time. But like 
somehow, some way, I swear to God, I saw this movie before you confu- it was. You weren't confusing it with the horror show. No, no, okay. it, like because yeah. a lot of people do do that, too. right? Yeah, with and it um, didn't uh, with, with Brian James, Mister Potato Head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mister uh, Potato Head. Yeah, for, that's what they call him in uh, Tango and Cash. Oh, interesting. That's hilarious. Yeah. Ponytail and Mister Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> Love Brian James. Yeah. But I don't know. It's some crazy, weird, That's weird. glitch in the matrix in my life that happened. <laughs> but it's really strange. So I've always been fascinated with this movie. Yeah, I, I loved it. I was I was in already because Wes Craven was the man. He had already come out with, uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was in one of the trivia, and I'll go through uh, our list here of uh, the cast and the crew and all the details and everything. But the movie, the, the, the main kind of concept of the movie is a serial killer who gets executed and he was like obsessed the way Freddie was obsessed with kind of dreams and knives. Uh, Horace Pinker was obsessed with electricity and yeah. killing. Yeah. And, uh, and he was also obsessed with Peter Berg, you know, because he could have easily gone into one of these bodies and that was his key. Once he was executed, he really wasn't executed. He was able to jump from body to body, yeah. uh, which has been done in a lot of movies. And, it always works for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Every one of those movies yep. I love. Yep. Have you Fallen. seen the Have you seen the Fallen was a very good one. Uh, have you seen the Hidden? The Hidden might be one you ha- you have not seen. I don't even know if I've it's heard with of that. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan. You know Kyle MacLachlan. Mm. Uh, he was uh, from Twin Peaks. He's the main FBI agent from Twin Peaks. I never saw and, that. Uh, uh, what else? Kyle MacLachlan. Showgirls. That's shame. That's all I can think of. Dune, the original Dune. Uh, well, it, the hidden was very similar too, but that was like a parasite that someone would grab you and like this slug went from your mouth to their mouth and it was so gross. It was like huge. It was oh, very wow. girthy and yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up a clip. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> it was gross as shit, but it was a good movie. Once it went into him, uh, them, they just, it could take over anybody. And it, I, I love those movies. And this probably been 20 of them made too and this was one of the really good ones too because with Wes Craven you got a level of horror gore but also very ridiculous comedy yeah and there was this wasn't an Oscar winner of a movie it was just very poignant for us when we grew up and just a fun watch no it's yeah but but there are certain you if you're gonna pick it apart you certainly could pick certain things apart oh there's definitely some they could have removed everything with his girlfriend to be honest with you like the ghost stuff with his girlfriend yeah if I was looking through I was like shit can it but whatever it it was part of the uh, uh, it was part of that time yeah uh, that came out and also Wes's vision you know we should go into the cast because one of the more impressive person is the star because Irish Terry Conklin I, I love Peter Berg and if People aren't aware. Peter Berg's not just an actor. He is an unbelievably accomplished director. He's directed a shitload of movies, and I'll mention which ones he has done. But as far as acting-wise, I loved him. I think Shocker was probably the first thing I saw him in, though. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I saw him in Late for Dinner, which I absolutely loved Late for Dinner, and not many people know about that movie. I talked about once on one of our pods. I was going to say, I remember you talking about it, but I've never seen it. He played a very likable but slow character. He always has a weird kind of cadence with his voice where he, he kind of... He can kind of play a meathead real easily. Yeah. Or kind of... Uh, he was... 
he didn't he wasn't mentally challenged in the in late for dinner he was just a little slow uh not as bright as his brother and they uh they froze their bodies uh and woke up 30 years later and it was yeah this kind of yeah. cool little movie uh fire in the sky he was one of the loggers in fire in the sky okay uh the great white hype that's what i'm saying you know irish that. terry yep. conklin baby yep. and uh copland uh he was uh really good in copland he was one of the guys and but as a director he directed very bad things the, oh, nice. the rundown with the rock really friday night lights no shit. the kingdom hancock lone survivor Deepwater horizon patriot's day and mile 22 no shit peter berg is a fucking director and a half Damn, man. dude he also was in uh i don't i didn't put it here but he was also in collateral damage he played one of the cops in collateral damage it's interesting Not collateral damage collateral sorry it's interesting how you know some like i mean he's the only one i can think of off the top of my head but it's interesting how like he was a pretty well-known actor and then just kind of like oh yeah just shifted over man well john favreau's like that i would say we need to do a john favreau pod because john favreau's probably the biggest one right now because he's doing all the mandalorian and stuff like that and he did iron man and stuff uh clint eastwood's probably the biggest of all those yeah the replacements i think (laughs) clint eastwood has to be the number one actor to go to director just oh, and yeah. put out the the body of work he's done yeah, because absolutely. he's still he's still got a movie. He's also a hundred. Yeah, I mean he's he's getting up there too, and his his I haven't seen his latest. He doesn't movie, want to quit working. He wants no, to just he wants working. to just die on the set, which I can appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them make that shift really well. Another one that comes to uh, mind, and also probably one of the bigger ones, is Ron Howard. Ron Howard oh, starting yeah, as sure. obviously an actor, and then went on to make some of the biggest movies of all time. One dude from Predator. The guy from Predator, yeah. Well, that, that, Shane this... Black, he went from a writer to a. He didn't. He doesn't do much acting. It was more writing to directing yeah, is what yeah. he went as uh, too. But yeah, Peter Berg. If you're not familiar with him, uh, definitely check him out. Now, our uh, our villain, Mitch. Uh, uh, I think it's Pelegi. Pelegi. Yeah. Pelegi. Yeah. And I always knew him as the. Well, other than Shocker, I always knew him as the X Files guy. He was like there like main kind of boss superior he was their yeah. main superior See, he was always smoking a cigarette and he it was weird after the shocker he basically he well he did a couple movies where he was kind of playing that guy but he really went from the suit he went into the suit and played like the lawyer or the boss real easily. I can totally see it now, but I wouldn't have put that together that it was the same guy. Yep. That's that's nuts, man. He was in an episode of uh, that seventy show when they uh, he tr- he him and he brought he was Red's old friend and he brought him to a swingers party. Oh really? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, it's shocker, it's he, Horace. He's uh Tony the Hitman in Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes, I got that listed here too. He's also in uh, Three O'clock High, and I, I couldn't figure out who. I that. don't know what it is. You'd have to pull. You'd have to put uh, punch up like Mitch Pelegi Three O'clock High, and then look at images. Yeah, you'd have to is. IMDb it or but something. That's and even IMDb, and it's just gonna say a name. It'll yeah, be like that's Chuck. crazy. The only way to do that, I found, is just to Google it with the thing and look for images, because yeah. chances are they'll show him an image from that movie. Uh, he was in Death Wish Four, Revenge of the uh, Living Dead Two, Basic Instinct. I forgot he was in Basic Instinct. Oh, really? Uh, was he one, one of the cops? Yeah, I think he's one of the cops. Uh, now Camille Cooper, who played Peter Berg's girlfriend in this. I knew her from like father like son and meet the Applegate. She's one of the main girls, which is actually a hard to find out of print movie that I bought and I have not watched yet. Huh. That's the one with. Uh, do you remember that? From it the sounds 90s? really familiar. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. and the family are grasshoppers from space, but they are disguised as a like a just normal white family, 
in the suburbs. That, I mean, meet the Applegates. It was very weird and obscure back I in the day. I bet if I saw a picture of it, yeah. I would remember it because it's so familiar. Um, that and but I might also be thinking my stepmother is mm. an alien. Yeah, that was very close to the same thing, actually. Uh, she was also in Llama Man 2. <laughs> she made it too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, never saw it. Uh, Michael Murphy, who we've actually talked about on one of our character actor pods before, he plays his dad in this movie. I always know him as the villain from Cloak and Dagger. You don't forget the guy who's trying to kill little children. Yeah, right. So he was the, the, the kind of the shady villain. He was also in Folks, which I loved with Tom uh, Selleck. Uh, Batman Returns, I don't know who he was. And he was uh, in Private Parts. I think he was the commissioner no he, oh maybe the mayor i think maybe he was the mayor i think he was the mayor in uh, yeah. batman returns uh richard brooks who played his uh his like number one uh buddy yeah. uh the, also rhino. on the football team with him rhino yeah he was in teen wolf the hidden the movie i just talked about oh well uh off limits was that awesome saigon movie with gregory hines and willem dafoe that's oh. an obscure movie no one talks about I've when they talk about war that. movies really good it was like people uh, servicemen were being killed by like hookers or they were finding them at brothels and they didn't know who did it. And mm. Willem Dafoe and Gregory Hines were uh, like military police mm. and they had to investigate the whole thing. Remo Williams was in it and uh, he was great in it. Uh, Richard Brooks was also in The Substitute, but he kind of got famous on TV in Law and Order. I think oh, that's really? where most people know him from. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, Sam Scrabber, who was th- who played the coach in this, which I always loved his character in this. The fact that he bought into what Peter Berg was selling him because just like that, and yeah, just like just that, like that. And, and it was happening. But yeah. to try to convince somebody in the script, they were like, "Let's just have the coach go with it." Yeah, he's fine with coach it. Coach just agrees with it, hundred percent. He's like, he's jumping from body to body. Damn, what are we gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the coach you want. Right. Well, he was in Karate Kid. He was one of the. Uh, the guys who was the referee in the tournament. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. When you look at it, and you look for the black guy. He was like one of the only black guys in it. Huh. Uh, what else was he in? Over the top. He was one of the muscle guys. He was. Yeah, yeah I he remember was one him of in the uh, one of those guys. I didn't know he was in it, but I I can see the scene mm-hmm. in Vegas with him uh, doing it. He was also in Dead Bang with uh, Don Johnson and Eraser with uh, Arnold. So pretty good. Ted Raimi played his other buddy, and I love Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi is Sam Raimi's brother, mm. and Sam Raimi puts him in like every movie. Oh, he, really? Even even he played like the demon in Evil Night, uh, Evil Dead. I think he played one in one and two. He was awesome in the Spider-Man movies. He was kind of like J. Jonah Jameson's, like, uh, like go-to guy. He always, he has a unique kind of dorky guy look. Yeah. And was he the cop that comes and knocks on the door? In te- as uh, no, he was the other friend that stitched him up in the. Uh, oh, he was the like the team manager guy. Yeah, yeah, the team yeah, manager. Yeah, I got you. He's awesome. You can find him in, in like, like I said, he's. I think he's in every Sam Raimi movie. Oh. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Timothy Leary is in this. Timothy Leary. I don't even have him on here. Who's Timothy Leary? He's the. Who's Timothy Leary? Well, not the. Is not the acid guy. Yeah. Is it? Really? Yeah. It's do- in the credits. It says Doctor Timothy Leary. Interesting. He's Who do you play? the. He's the televangelist on TV telling him to send. Wow, uh, send all crazy. your money in. Now I got to rewatch that and just yeah. look for that. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't even look for that in my uh, my searches. There's even like a, a point where they're flashing from channel to yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That they get And on, he jumps in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's Oh yeah, I remember stage. the scene. Yeah. I just didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Uh Heather Ledenkamp played one of the victims, which I I'd ha- I just watched it recently. I can't think of who she played. And Heather mm. Ledenkamp's obviously uh our main girl from Nightmare on Elm Street. So that's why she got put in there. Uh I would bet it was probably um 
the uh, the scene where the little girl and the woman are in the bedroom. Yeah, well, it wasn't the, she didn't the play the mom? Sequence. She didn't. No, she wasn't the mom. I mean, she would have been young. She would have looked just like she did in like Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street was eighty four. This was eighty nine. Interesting. So she was only five years old. At, I don't know who she must. He must have been just somebody killed maybe on the floor of the. Uh, she wasn't the little girl mm-hmm. on the tricycle. No, she no. wasn't that young. She yeah. was probably twenty in this movie. So huh. yeah, I'd have to do a search. But uh, the cop who came to the door that pl- was played by G- Vincent Gustafario, who I loved in Friday Thirteenth Part Six, and he was very memorable in Number Six. He was the one that had the laser gun that kept pointing it around at people. And uh, one of my favorite Friday Thirteenth movies was huh. Number Six. He was also in Next to Kin. That little girl though, that little girl went on to do uh, Flowers in the Attic. She was the, one, the little girl in the room. No shit. And she was in Critters too, and she was in the Wrong Guys, which I just bought with Louis Anderson. That I remember that. And Wes Craven had like it was like a family affair here. He had his his daughter was in the movie, his son was in the movie. His daughter played like some girl at the counter diner at the beginning of the movie. Huh. But his son is a little bit more uh memorable. He played the jogger that gets taken over. They get shot. That gets shot in the back. Oh wow. And then goes to the other person. Yeah. And then uh Wes Craven actually is in the movie. He plays the neighbor. John yeah. Tesh plays the reporter in the movie. That's right, yeah. Uh, and Alice Cooper's old, I think it's in my trivia here, but he's, uh, Alice Cooper's old, like, guitar player is the guy who, who Pinker goes into his body. He, with the long, dark hair, he was like, oh, the, the uh, construction, construction worker. worker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who he was. So. Alice Cooper's in the movie. Yeah, he's in like, the movie too. Yeah, yeah. like, it's fun as hell, yeah. man. So, as far as crew goes, both written and directed by Wes Craven. The cinematographer on this. Uh, Wes brought him over from Nightmare on Elm Street because he had done Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2. He had done The Hidden. It's so weird that, that there's a connection there, and it's and it's a very similar kind of plot. It's a hidden connection. I know, man. What the hell? <laughs> uh, he also was a cinematographer on Cherry 2000, Maniac Cop 3, Bloodsport 2, and Wishmaster. So he stayed in genre, it seemed like, for most of his career. The editor on this, the only things I knew that he had done, the editor was Andy Blumenthal. He did that 80s skin flick, Hard Bodies, which I thought was awesome. And he did Christopher Guest's uh, Waiting for Guffman. So that was pretty cool. He got to work with him. The composer, William Goldstein. I like the music in the movie. The only thing I uh, recognized on his whole list of uh, credits was Hello Again, which, weird enough, I just bought. That, <laughs> she- that Shelley, uh, Shelley oh, Long yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the one where she's a psychic, right? Yeah, she's a psychic. Yeah. I think she dies or her sister dies. I can't remember. I've seen it so long ago. It was yeah. a very 80s movie. Uh, the release date, October 27th, 1989. So a very Halloween movie, man. Yeah. That's awesome that it came. I love when they do that, man. A lot of times these days, they put them out so early. Like October 3rd, we'll put this horror movie out. Yeah. Oh, why not wait two weeks? Yeah. I mean, August 4th. Unless you're putting it opposite <laughs> Lord of the Rings, I get yeah. that. How you'd have <laughs> yeah. to shift your times and everything. Yeah. But, Man, people want that. Like, a lot of people will play. I've seen them drop. I think Christmas with the Cranks dropped in like October one year. Yeah. I saw it in the theater too, so they got me. So yeah. I, who, who am I to say? Maybe right. maybe their marketing is wrong. No, I wrong, mean, so. I know that they just pushed John Wick back a year Oof. because uh, Top Gun was because opening. Of Top Gun. They were opening the same day. 
And so, and they're I don't both. Even know I think, that matters anymore. I think they're both by Lionsgate. It, so Lionsgate was like, oh, well, we're going to push this another year, dude. I think everyone would go see both of them too. You know, it's, the only thing I could think of, I think so too. Yeah. You know, the only thing I could think of is is if like if you're going to make a John Wick five, yeah. make that shit right fucking now. So yeah. when you release it six months later, you can. release Well, that's five. what they're doing with Mission Impossible right now. Are they? Yeah, they're they're filming two of them at the same time. Not only because. <sighs> How is Tom's getting doing? old. Yeah, how is he still doing? Yeah. This, it's the next, the second one has to be his last one. Yeah, well, they're filming him together, so he probably doesn't even know which one he's filming. And they're doing it Lord of the Rings style, really? which I think they're just cutting and editing and everything. So they're wow. on the sets. It's just a continuous eighteen months shoot. That's why he's screaming at crew members to keep their goddamn mask on. Yeah, he wants no to go shit. home. Yeah, I, bet, dude. <laughs> I should be playing lawyers about now. Yeah, that, that motherfucker is going to go and do those types of movies until he can't do them anymore. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and he's pushing it, but I'm sure there's some stunts you can do that doesn't involve you like landing and doing like jumps from building to building. That's kind of crazy. But yeah, I saw a quote from Ryan Reynolds the other day, and he's like, "Look, man," regarding his stunt work, and he's like, yeah. "Look, dude, you can't just like eat uh, Advil like, ty- like yeah, uh, yeah, candy." You know what I mean? People realize that they they don't realize that we didn't realize that back in the day with our wrestlers, and look what our wrestlers are going through now—the ones yeah. that are alive, yeah, because there's not many of them, and they're all like for entertainment purposes have fucked their bodies up. Yeah, and I there did. are certain actors that do it. That's why you see. Uh, I mean, you watch actors that are really physical in their youth. They're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You're not seeing Russell Crowe friggin' running around anymore. I haven't it's seen a reason. him in much of anything lately. No, he's doing a lot of shit. I mean, he's in Thor, God of Thunder right now. Oh, and I, he just signed on for something else pretty major. I'm not sure what it was. I think it was a TV show. But yeah, they're just you have to shift your your. It's it's like that with. Uh, I always go back to that uh, that great uh, quote that Billy Joel said when Billy Joel got all older, he had to sing in a different register. Mm. And his fans were pissed. And he's like, hey, you want to hear Piano Man or not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like that with actors. He says, yeah. you want to see me act or not? I'm not fucking running around anymore. I read an interview with Liam Neeson the other day, mm-hmm. and he's making, like, another action movie. And he said, like, well, basically... On, you know? Yeah, he said, it's like... It's limited, I'm it, sure, what he's doing. Well, yeah, and he said, like, after this one, like, he's he's done. You <laughs> I know swear. What I mean? like, and I get it. It's a it, thrill for them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and he just said, but at some point, you have to say, like, look, this just isn't believable. I you love know? the. He's like seventy four. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing, man. I love some of the things these older actors do with their careers yeah. later in their life. A lot of times, more than when they were younger. Yeah, and so you just have to enter that that stage of stuff. There were. I love when, like, especially that happens with character actors all the time. Like, Richard Jenkins is a, is one that comes to mind. Like, I always remember him from our youth, but then when he got older and he started doing stuff like Let Me In or The Shape of Water, he was great in that. He played her friend that drew the pictures uh, oh, yeah. and helped uh, get the the creature out and everything. He's he's awesome, and he's so much uh, better and older in his career, so... About to give a spoiler alert by asking a question, but I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this was filmed entirely L.A. Uh-huh. Also rated R, which I really appreciated as a youth. You know, there was. If you're doing those uh, horror movies in the '80s, you you want those elements that Dude, come with those. What movies, the hell man. is a PG-13 horror movie? Yeah, come I on. mean, really. I guess the only one because I was Scream in PG-13. I think Scream was PG-13. Maybe. And that was like the first time they were like they were like all right, we're going to do this because they didn't show any nudity in, in no, Scream. So. No. And there wasn't like a whole lot of like gore. It was just uh, it was There was a lot of blood. Blood, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a little woozy here, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, the budget, now this is interesting, uh, budget was $5 million, which is very, very low for Wes Craven to do in 89. And he had he's talked about that in many interviews. I have a great, there's a great director series that is so hard to find now, and I'm, I'm still piecing it together. I think there were, uh, I think they made maybe 25 of them. They're individual DVDs called the AFI's Director Series, and they're mm. all an hour long each. You probably can get them on YouTube. But uh, they do one on every big director, Spielberg, Cronenberg. The Spielberg's the one that's real hard to find. It's like 40 bucks. But uh, all the different directors and the Cronenberg, uh, not the Cronenberg, the Wes Craven one was super interesting. It was just an hour-long retrospective. But they were made in like the mid-90s, so it I, it may have gone up to screen, but it didn't go to anything after that. You didn't yeah. see Red Eye or anything like that on it. But it was some really interesting stuff um, on there and he had talked about shocker and he had talked about how he really wanted to do something um and this was another thing that they someone had put into the trivia which probably had heard the same interview that he wanted to do shocker because of uh the the waning kind of creativity that was happening with the nightmare on elm streets i mean by number three he was he wasn't even doing them anymore right. he did one and two i think right, and i don't even think he directed two i think he was affiliated with number two and he got paid yeah for yeah two. he didn't i'm not sure uh <laughs> he didn't like where it was going i think that's why he wanted to do shocker yeah and he wanted to kind of push something a little bit different out there mm. uh, on it and one of his main things of doing it was to pick a whole bunch of unknowns i mean peter Berg wasn't even a thought on anyone probably i'm not sure any of these actors are huge at this point these were all gettable people yeah there's, there's no superstars in this movie no absolutely and that's the reason he got the budget of five million dollars and it ended up great grossing 16.5 yeah which i mean that's that's a pretty big fucking uh triple thing. your money but yeah, if you're not losing money you're you're doing well right? i think and that's a, that's a big time go so some of the trivia on this before we kind of break down the movie and then we talk about uh the scene we're going to talk about uh, the film took 13 submissions to the MPAA to get from an X rating to an R rating. What? There was a lot of violence in it. And when they tell you the scenes, it's almost disappointing that you don't see the director's cut. And maybe one of these days we will get a director's cut for this movie. Uh, some of the, the, the key scenes that were cut down was there's a uh, great scene at the jail where Pinker... Uh, Pinker bites the person's fingers off yeah. and spits them out. Yeah. And apparently it, it's very visible. He bites them off. He spits them out. And now if you watch it, they they show him go for the fingers and you see the guy holding the hand and you yeah. see that he misses fingers. But there's no fingers on the uh, where he uh, actually shows him spitting them out. And apparently there was that before. Uh -huh. The electrocution scene went on way longer apparently and they had to trim that down. And then, uh, that was a good scene. And one of my other favorite scenes is the coach stabbing his own hand. Uh, yeah, that you get to see him do it once, but apparently he does it over and over and over oh, and over again. Uh, and it was quite shocking. And uh, <laughs> they had to trim it down, apparently. So that sucks. So hold out, people. Maybe we will get a director's cut. That's what's good with a lot of those director's cuts. Like with Paul Verhoeven's Robocop, when you watch the difference between, and, and people say, oh, it's only like a minute and 21 seconds. I said, we're talking frames here, people. Yeah. I said, you, you would be amazed what five extra frames in a bloody scene does. Yeah. <laughs> and you watch that scene in Robocop where he shoots that guy on that boardroom table at the beginning. They keep it on him for a good extra three or four seconds. Oh, yeah. And that was a violent, that might have been one of the most violent things I had ever seen. Yeah. Up until the scene where he blows uh, 
uh, Peter Weller's hand off yeah. and shoots him in the head. Yeah. But at the beginning of the movie, that was the most violent thing. Yeah, the acid RoboCop scene so always gets me too. Oh, I love RoboCop. RoboCop is one of my waste. favorite movies. Yeah, I, I watched it the other day, right up to the point where they go to like the industrial park oh. to fight, and I was just tired and I had to go to sleep. So didn't get to see the acid. I yet. know, dude. <laughs> like I was trying to stay awake oh, too. I, love I just that couldn't movie. do it. I have a really good copy of it, and they just came out with a 4K version. I was like, well, I'm gonna have to buy it because I, I want 4Ks of my favorite film. And RoboCop is definitely on my top 20. And I was going to say, not to go too far off, but I've started a top 100 favorite movie list. Wow, dude. And I'm like at number 80. And it's a a great uh, list. And I'm sure if it's on my phone, I'll be updating it and taking one off and putting it on. But I I love it because I was thinking, and that's why I was thinking it. I was just got that 4K Blu-ray player. And I was like, well, I have 2,800 movies. There's no way I'm going to replace all 2,800 movies, obviously. I'm not interested in that. But there's no reason not to have like my top 100 the best they could ever possibly. Sure, yeah. So I made that list so I can just kind of periodically knock those off when I see them. You know you're going to have to like build a new closet. I soon, already got right? 12 at 4K as I just got it the other day. So. <laughs> I got 12. In a year from now, you'll be like, I'm at a 473 uh, 4K discs. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop myself. Uh, so back to the trivia. West conceived Shocker at, uh, as a response to diminishing quality of the Nightmare in the sequels. I had mentioned that. Uh, Peter Berg suffered apparently from extreme hypothermia after shooting the scene where he wades into that lake at the end. Really? Yeah. I mean, it looked kind of crazy. I, I'm watching that scene. I was like, "Why are you taking? Why are you not taking your pants off, man? Yeah. When you get out of that water, yeah. you're gonna be soaking wet, man. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> that kind of stuff bothers me." Yeah. And so, uh, Mitch Pelegi, this was I thought super interesting, and I'm wondering if I had seen this because I was a huge fan of the show. So, Mitch Pelegi uh, appeared in character to promote the film on a special Halloween episode of MTV's Headbangers Ball. Oh, wow. And I'm going to YouTube that later for sure because I would love to see him come in as Pinker on the Headbangers Ball. I loved Headbangers Ball back in the day because I've always been a uh, heavy metal fan. And if you, those who don't know, MTV used to play videos and they had a one segment that lasted for like three hours late on like Saturday nights called Headbangers Ball, which they played nothing but like obscure heavy metal bands. That was the first time I ever saw White Zombie was on Headbangers Ball. Uh And all these bands were like introduced on there so that them pimping shocker on headbangers ball definitely did some good business for them uh going along with the cheap five million dollar budget shot in 10 weeks that oh wow super fast yeah super fast uh, i had mentioned the road worker with long black hair that pinker takes over is the former guitarist for alice cooper Kane Roberts is his name. Uh, and this one I thought was interesting, very interesting too. So Alive Films, who is the production, Alive Films took the rights to the film uh, when... No, that was... Uh, da, 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 da. Yes. So Wes Craven only got this movie because Wes, because John Carpenter bowed out of his four-picture deal with Alive Films. Really? John Carpenter had did... Uh, I'm not sure which one was before They Live, but after They Live, he wanted out of his contract with Alive Films. Not sure what. Huh. And because he had two remaining slots in his contract, they went to Wes Craven and they said, you want his two remaining slots and we'll do your next two movies. And he said, booyah, I'm your Huckleberry. That's great. And they made Shocker and The People Under the Stairs. Oh, nice. So that's how we got those two movies. So very interesting. That's awesome. I definitely saw People Under the Stairs in the theater. I remember very distinctly. That was a very unique experience for me just because I I went by myself. I was in like, I must have been in high school or maybe one. Yeah, I must have been like in high school. 
And uh, I went by myself. I couldn't uh, get a hold of any of my friends. This was before texting and e- yeah, even exactly. before uh, even before beepers. Pagers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't get a hold of any of my friends. And um, I watched the whole movie and the lights go up and three rows ahead of me and my friends. <laughs> I was like, dude. He's <laughs> like, well, we funny. were here together, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so. right. Uh, we could still talk about it. <laughs> also, the last one, the movie was initially pitched as a series. That would have been quite interesting wow. to do it as a series. Yeah. Instead, we got the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which really sucked. Uh, that was a really bad series. I was kind of at the age where I was still intrigued by it, though. When it, it came was out. weird, yeah, it, it was, was really strange. Like, strange. Like I don't even think I really understood it. I just loved that it was Freddy, and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, it. but you, you only know? saw Freddy like introducing. It. Yeah, he was like, like the, the crypt, crypt keeper. keeper. Yeah, yeah exactly. because he wasn't in the episodes, and yeah. that's what kind of hindered them. He should have been. He should have been. Every Same with the Friday Thirteenth series. It wasn't Jason. Yeah, yeah. Right. They they fucked up. I mean, how hard is it to put Jason? You put a fucking mask on the guy. Right. It <laughs> it's be... canon. Damn. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk some shocker here, man. So the the movie starts almost similar to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Where we're, we're seeing Freddy in, in a... Nightmare on Elm Street. We see Freddy making his his glove at right, the beginning yeah. of it. And it was awesome. You see little bits and pieces here. And similar with this thing with Pinker. You're seeing him in his workshop and he's doing stuff with electricity and you're not sure what he's doing. Yeah. But, uh, such an imposing figure Mitch Pelegi was in this movie oh, yeah, too you dude. know he was scary yeah I mean it's it's weird seeing him in these roles now it, much similar to like um, what's the guy who played James Gunn in, uh, in Silence of the Lambs like he, he plays cops now and everything uh, but he was he's like the boss and monk and everything uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Starling. He plays, he plays yeah. the dad and a lot of things. Yeah, he he's the, got this kind of like a he's got a little southern draw. But when you see him back in the day playing a psychotic serial killer, you're yeah. like, oh man, it sells. Yeah. And Mitch Pelegi was he had that knife and he was a wild man and he yeah. was crazy. He's he scared me back in the day, man. He's big too. He's big. Yeah. He, he was like six one, but he he kind of he acted like he was six three or six yeah. four, you know, yeah. and he really sold it. He almost had like a hump on his back too. He was really kind of imposing, like always standing over people. Yeah, and that was the what was good about it though is you think with this type of movie when he's jumping in the different characters, you're never gonna see Mitch. And Mitch was in it enough that oh, satisfied yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because you you saw him for the first half of the movie, then he did certain stints where he was in other people's bodies, but then you'd see him as a what is like a computer generated kind of pixelated? I mean, I think it was supposed to be like a yeah, like um, like a static yeah, kind like a of static. bad picture on a TV. Yeah, but you know? but it's his body, not in like ghost form almost. Right, but it's almost got yeah that staticky look. It was. I mean, this was pre-Lawnmower Man and that technology yeah. started uh, ramping it up with these. It would have been com- done completely different today. Yeah, sure. I mean, he just looked a little bit staticky yeah. almost, you know. So we just know him as a serial killer at the very beginning of the movie. He's killing a lot of people. And then we get introduced to the Peter Berg character. And we find out that Peter Berg is this one of the stars on the football team, but he's being raised by a foster dad, and he's got a foster mom and a, a foster like uh, sister. Too. Right. So we don't know what his backstory is quite yet. And even when it's revealed, we're not quite sure if it's the real deal either. Yeah. So. But he's just got like a normal life and everything, you yeah. know? And well, he's kind of like the the star athlete in yeah, the town. The, was he the quarterback? Or uh, no, he was like a wide receiver yeah, or something right. like that. But he was really, really fast. And yeah. and they say, you know, like throughout the movie that he's like the town hype guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everybody knows he's going to do so well in football and everything like that. And starts off with him 
catching the ball in practice and running down the field and, and he's doing really well and he looks over and he sees his girl and he waves at her mm-hmm. and, and he showboats and just gets lit up yep. by his buddy Rhino. It's happened before, man. It was a great yeah. scene in the movie Christine where that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah it was great. Yeah. Uh, the I loved... Well, it was established early, too, in the movie that there's definitely several different supernatural elements happening in this movie. It's yeah. not like a straight up... Uh, obviously, it's a personality jumping from body to body, but and, and that's kind of the main crust of it all, but he has the ability to see in his dreams what Pinker is doing. Yeah. So he has a link almost similar to the movie uh, The Hideout or The Hideaway. Do you remember that one with Jeff Goldblum and Christina uh, uh, Alicia Silverstone as his daughter? And he can see through the eyes of the serial killer and sees that his daughter's uh, met the serial killer and he's got oh, to wow. save her. Christina yeah. Lottie was in it. Uh, it was a Dean Koontz book. I think it's The Hideout or The Hideaway. I can't remember. Well, it's not it the was very. It was very similar t- in the way that uh, he was dreaming and he was seeing through the killer's eyes. Yeah. Uh, and it worked. It was it was cool because his father was the chief of police and he's trying to convince his father. I, you know, I, I've had dreams about the serial killer. I know what happens. Yeah. And then shortly after he's... I, was it his first dream is the is the foster mom that he had? The first one we saw. Yeah. So in his dream, he sees Pinker. And he's what's different about these dreams is Peter Berg's actually in the room. Yeah. You know, and he's experiencing the emotions and the feelings from it. But, well, he tries to stop. Yeah, but he can't. Know, that right. he can't do. Yeah. Like, he, he'll wake up when, right before he can stop something. Yeah. And so he's he's like in his little foster sister's bedroom, and he sees Pinker in there about to kill his foster mom and his foster daughter and it Sister. happens yeah he can't uh stop it and he's telling his dad and his dad wouldn't let him into the crime scene he wakes up he runs to the house to, uh because i don't know where he was it was someplace else but well, he was like his apartment yeah, yeah yeah so he runs to the house and uh when he gets there his father's coming out of the crime scene tells him not to go in won't let him in but peter burke starts telling him about details of the crime scene he was like i saw this and he's like He's like, I don't need to deal with this crazy right now yeah. type of deal. But he's telling him details. He says like he he cut the two fingers off or something of their hands. Yeah, these and, three and fingers. And this is what happened. Like, yeah. And yeah, he's telling him all these details that he wouldn't know, but his father is not buying it. Yeah, yeah. well, and he saw the, um, the name on the side of the van in yeah. the dream. So he knew to go to the TV place. Yep. And yeah. he's he's leading him to kind of the killer's place, but his father is still kind of going in there kind of unsure what happening they were pretty slick though when they got there um, and this is the scene we're talking about because we're gonna uh we're gonna go through and i i, I wanted to pick a good kind of chunk of a uh, a good long chunk of a uh scene we can commentary so i've got pinker's capture and his execution are gonna be the scene we're gonna oh, cool. watch about well uh, but we could talk about it a little bit now but we'll yeah so so they get there and you know he's like all right come on break it in you know and they're like we can't do that he's like you got a warrant yeah. and he goes we're already here investigating a break-in. <laughs> Basically saying, yeah, like, yeah. that's just what we're going to use as an excuse to go yeah. ahead and break it in. I couldn't believe they did that. I was like, you assholes, <laughs> man. The 80s. <laughs> I know, right? But, uh, yeah, so they have the confrontation with him. He kills a couple of cops. Mm. But he gets away at first, right? Yep. Um, but in the TV store, they say that he's, like, making all kinds of weird electronics and 
there seems to be some black magic stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting how they just like, oh, you know what we're going to do? Yeah, they we're just threw just... in a lot of weird supernatural moments <laughs> just... in the mo- in the movie that didn't necessarily go or be needed in it, but yeah. it actually it worked. It's fine. But it gave the explanation as to yeah. why... Like, well, I don't know if once do we want to talk about the electrocution scene? Well, or? yeah, we could just breeze through it and then we'll uh, we'll we'll go into it. So yeah. yeah, he gets captured, and when they bring him in to get executed, he he does some weird electricity seance black magic shit in his yeah. cell. Yeah, and it it kind of. And like a demon comes out of the TV. And he even speaks to him, yeah. which, is, which is another whole uh, level of weird. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of this movie wouldn't fly today. No. But still enjoyable. So he goes through all that, and then it was one of the more famous. When I think execution scenes, I always think of three movies. Mm-hmm. I always think of Shocker, yeah. The Horror Show, and The Green Mile. Yeah. I mean, those are the three what I always think of. And they're all... I mean, Green Mile's the most disturbing of the of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, probably this was a little bit more fun of an execution. Yeah. Probably horror show was a little bit more crazy too because a lot of shit happened to Brian James when they were trying to re-execute him. And then in this movie, it was just it was it was hilarious because he was just he didn't give a shit. You know, yeah. like his last words, he's he's talking to Peter Berg and just telling him how he he enjoyed killing him. And he also reveals to him that he might be lying. He might not be lying that I am your father. Yeah. And this is he's uh, like, you don't remember when they came in and I, you know, I was just about to kill your mom and yeah. you were holding a gun to me. And, and it's entirely possible because he's a foster kid right, that got yeah. taken in. And yeah, so it's crazy. The father wouldn't answer him completely. They, he just said he made that. Uh, he'll say anything. You yeah. Know, but, the, you know, but that could be why they have that connection very like, true because they never I kind of ex- go with the fact that it's true they never explain mm-hmm. why that connection happened. and it makes sense why pinker stayed around yeah. you know after he uh because so they try to ex- execute him it it completely didn't work you think it kind of worked and yeah. then the girl the woman that comes in who's the doctor to check on him gets electrocuted and what you're realizing that's kind of the initial spark that puts him in a body. He's in her body first. And right. then from her body, we get to see him jump into maybe like eight or nine different people. Yeah. So we he jumps into, from her body, goes the cop. To the policeman. To the yeah. policeman. And from the policeman, it goes into the jogger. From the jogger, it goes into the little kid. Yep. Like an eight-year-old. Yeah. From the eight, which was crazy because straight up making Peter Berg look like a, like a kidnapping oh, uh, pedophile. Oh, absolutely. It was and a crazy also, scene. And also just like, I mean, she was like eight and she was like Fuck you, you oh, yeah, piece yeah. of fucking shit. She was shit. talking just like you, how like, Mitch would be talking. You know, so. that was fucking funny. And from the little kid, it went into the construction worker. From the construction worker, did it go into his dad? or No, because it went into his dad straight from Pinker. Because his dad touched him on the ground. Yeah, where did the, where did the construction worker go? I don't know from the construction go? worker. Maybe he just jumped out of the construction worker and went. Because at one point, he left the body. And no, he went into the coach. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Went into the coach, and then he left the body at one point and went into the electricity of the house. Yeah. That was so fucking great, dude. <laughs> and then, it, then then the movie turned into a little bit like Stay Tuned with John Ritter. Yes, dude. <laughs> it yeah. really did. Well, that was after he got to the TV tower. Yeah. Once he got to the TV tower and he was in the dad, and he, like... You could see the light, you know, coming out of the antenna and him going into the uh, light and, you know, becoming like in the TV now. Like it was fun, man. I, I really enjoyed the creativity of 
the concept of him. It, it was a unique concept. It it had we had seen it done. I'm not sure how many times we had seen it done at that I point. That was the first time I saw it done. I think. Really, was that the first? It might have been the first time. 1989. I'd have to do some research. Of the first time, maybe the hidden was first. I'm not sure. Mm. But the idea of you not knowing. I mean, the thing was a little bit like that. If we want to really go nitpicky, yeah, 1982 was the thing. And there's a reason I love that movie, and that's that's the thing. You don't know who the killer is. But there is one telltale way of telling if it is yeah. uh, Horace, and what was that telltale what, sign? What was it? It was like a... You had a he, was it a hot needle or something? No, it was... Or? Oh, no, I'm talking about for Shocker. For the thing, yeah, oh, it was the with, hot um, needle. Oh, with a heart amulet? No, with... Uh, Oh, that was an interesting concept of the movie, too, that I totally forgot about, that little am- uh, amulet that he had. Yeah. No, I'm talking about his limp. Oh, yeah, That yeah. every time he was in a body, they would just limp. Yeah. So that's how he knew it was in his dad, like, yeah, straight off. Yeah, it was his tail. And the actors really enjoyed and went to the next level of playing, having a good time when they were when they knew Horace was in it. Like, yeah. his dad would just laugh the whole time mm-hmm. while they were shooting at people. Yeah. The little girl just swore the whole time. Yeah. Uh, the jogger just—he—he's got it the worst, man. Because he—he yeah. he sh- shot him in the uh, back, but then went into his body. Yeah, you know, it was—it's such a unique concept of a movie. But then they were smart enough, or Wes was smart enough at the end that realizing, hey, we want to see Mitch play this whole end sequence. Yeah. So what can I do that would be weird and interesting? And you should tell. You know, one that I really liked was um, when he was in the chair. Uh, in the, oh yeah, the with the eyes. How chair. crazy yeah. that was! And at right? the top of the pillow, there was two slits, and yeah. then just like two eyes opened up and started looking oh, around. So weird. And he man. used the arms to grab him, and then he became him, and he just had like leather around his arms. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's so funny. And yeah, we didn't even mention the stuff with the girl. So his, he could see his girlfriend. She had already died. Yeah, Pinker, Pinker killed his uh, his girlfriend. Uh, in a scene where the uh, the crime scene, how much blood was in that bathroom, oh my gosh, only dude. rivaled our own movie of Sweet <laughs> uh where we went crazy with the blood in, yeah. a, uh, in an old movie we did. But yeah, it was great. But then he kept seeing her as a ghost, yeah. just talking to her and everything, and he saw her in the water and well, everything. Well, and the first time she showed up, she was covered in blood. Yeah. And then every time after that, she was just like, a ghost, just like a white, yeah. She was with like some light on her, just help him and yeah. do different things. And then I, I guess oh. they were going with the idea that their love was stronger than anything. Than that, that right, that heart necklace that he had to go in the water to get. I remember he wasn't the dad because she told him a secret in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and that's like that's what it was was that he wasn't his dad because like, oh, he, he brings it up in the end and and he's like oh what's her name told me about oh that? interesting okay yeah but then so his big plan let's talk about the end sequence because we we're not uh that's not one of the uh scenes we're going to commentary so he develops this plan that he's going to send his friend rhino over to uh, it might have been ted Raimi then ted Raimi also went into his body he killed ted Raimi at the uh the apartment because remember he found him dead on the ground oh that's so right he was another guy that he could have jumped into uh, just gave all these other actors more interesting shit to do. I loved it. Uh, 
But at the end, he, he came up with this big plan. He got all the, the remaining kind of football players that were left. He was kind of going through a couple of them. <laughs> he lost right. the manager and the coach, but Rhino's still alive and a couple other big thugs that didn't even get to say a word in the movie. Yeah, well, one of them picked a lock. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so their job was to go to the like the electric company, you know, the electric, uh, where what do you call that kind of uh, the plant, the power plant <laughs> yeah. that controlled the entire town. GRU. You know, I've seen that in movies before, you know. Yeah. They, they go to the power plant. I don't know how they sneak and there's in. Just, yeah, and there's just one switch yeah, one that switch. takes it all out. Yeah, you just destroy this box and <laughs> all of town will go out. Yeah. No problem. So that was his plan. And what he was going to do, remember, he even brought the news crew the news into guy his there. room. Yeah, that was And he great. was like, the news guy is like, let me get this straight. You're going to deliver me Horace Pinker on the air in this room at exactly 11.55, but I have to be rolling on live TV to do it. And he's yeah. like, oh, why not? Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess it's at midnight. Who's going to see yeah, it? Yeah, right. So he agreed to do it. And so his plan was he got Pinkerton like in the room with him, and they uh, they jump into the television yeah. together. Yeah. And they're running through different scenes. Like, Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. He, he's in Leave it to Beaver. A lot of war movies. Yeah, a lot, a of, lot war, of gunshots yep. and stuff like that. Totally John Wayne type movies. And then he's running beside the car. And even Peter Berg's like, Beaver! Yeah. He's running next to him. So there obviously is a level of comedy here. And then he ends up jumping through someone else's TV set into yes, their house. into that lady's house. And it's just like and this she's like, hey, now, of, come on now. Don't do that. It's like, like a redneck family yeah. just like cooking, eating dinner and watching it. And Peter Berg... <laughs> the husband keeps going... We got any cheese whiz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he asked like three times while these two guys are like, uh, it was like so fighting funny. in their house. Like all out like WWF in each other, yeah. like body slamming and everything. But then he gets the remote. He gets from the her. remote yeah. and, he, and he jumps back into the TV. And now he's kind of got the, the upper hand. So they keep jumping around and eventually they get back to the house or one of the houses. To the bedroom to where the, he killed the mother and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And he starts using the remote. I did my homework yeah. for this shit, dude. Good I job. Two weeks to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, with the remote, he's he's able to pause Pinkerton. Oh, it's so is, great! It's dude. really funny because Pinkerton's like throwing a shit fit once it happens and what's going on. Yeah. And then he he's able to rewind and fast forward, so he's like slamming Pinkerton up against the walls and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's just so cool, it's man. It's a fun scene. It's dude. a fun scene, yeah. man. This was perfect for when we watched it. I was probably 15 years old when I watched yeah. it, and this is the type of movie you want to watch when you're 15 man you're you seek out these kind of because this this it pushed was a lot of then it was scary when then. i was so young this was scary yeah it was know? scary for us too even at 15, 14 and 15 because you forget what what pushed the elements because at one point such and such movie was the most bloody movie and then the next movie was the most bloody movie and i remember yeah. when hellraiser came out and there was nothing like it i was like holy shit this is the pinnacle of gore right now yeah. and then when uh shocker was right up there like the scene where he bit that guy's lip and yeah, pulled away dude. from it and everything yeah. that was a scene that we would talk about to each other you were like when he bit the guy's lip yeah. and everything oh, i was man. like that was a very unique scene or when the girlfriend died aesthetic oh. they did for that yeah really yeah. cool or it it was great to be 
watching these movies back in the day where you're on the cusp of them pushing the envelope to the point now where they could show there's, there's nothing they haven't done in movies that you can't say uh see flayed bodies open yeah. intestines falling out bone brains tomahawk. being bothered uh, yeah all the stuff in bone tomahawk bone tomahawk is uh, still the worst thing i've ever seen yeah it's pretty extreme it's pretty extreme and for for not a typical horror movie too. i, I haven't watched for, it since. for a straight up western yeah. i own it i own it yeah. uh and i've watched it several times i've but even thought about just going i to almost it. always feel bad for introducing it to somebody when we get to when i get to that scene it was, was like so hard to watch yeah bro. and it was basically just the whole ending oh, uh, another great richard jenkins movie richard jenkins was so fucking good in that movie uh yeah was he in that yeah he was the one in the cage with he was the old man that oh. was with kurt uh russell in the cage at yeah. the end oh it was so hardcore yeah. but like this like it shocker was the same way you were there was pushing the envelope on the gore man and i loved it i yeah. love that west would do that back in the day west was always doing it he did he did it even in people under the stairs and that had a whole level of comedy in it but there was a lot of blood in that movie and yeah. there was a lot of gore in that movie and uh serpent and the rainbow that was right around the same time he, he had been doing that movie too so so yeah, I we say did, we get to we write. We did a Craven pod. Didn't we, we did do a Craven yeah. pod. Yeah, we talked all his flicks, and I even liked his end stuff. Like uh, Red Eye, completely different, but also thoroughly enjoyable for him. Yeah. I love Red Eye. I liked his uh, last scream. Yeah, the last scream. Like scream four. Yeah, or scream like four. The, yeah, that yep. was good. And uh, even when he r- r- kind of changed the nightmare series and did uh, the new nightmare. Yeah. Yep, the new nightmare was really good. Uh, but let's talk about a scene here, man. So we're yeah. going to jump forward and we are going to jump forward. Actually, we're not going to jump forward. <laughs> I have it right here. Uh, I've got a scene pulled up. We're going to do some commentary on. So if you're watching this at home or if you have a way to watch shocker, we're going to start at the 31 minute mark. And, uh, we're going to talk about the scene where, um, Horace Pinker is captured all the way through when he is executed. So oh, nice. I'm going to cue that up right now, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, and I found it for uh, $3.99 on Amazon Prime. Awesome. Yeah. All right. We are at the 31-minute mark, which basically they are showing up at the house. He did one of those clever things where he's like, I, you watch me sleep. I'll dream what's going to happen, and then we'll go to that spot. And that's exactly what they did. Unfortunately, it's the same time his dad shows up with all his blue friends. Well, they were way, they were following him. Oh, is that how he got there yeah, too? They, yeah. Once they left the football stadium, all the cops came around the corner and followed him. They just had their lights off. Yeah. So yeah, so I I don't completely believe you, son, but I am. But I'm smart bring, enough to take the chance. I'm going to bring half the police force with me just to go double check. <laughs> yeah, and I love so this guy. Um, this is his buddy here. And Rhino just completely runs him over to run upstairs. And meanwhile, uh, Shocker. Hanker. You can call him Shocker. I call him Shocker. That's who it is. You know, he's got her held with a knife and they've got him, what, seven guys with guns pointed at him. dude. It's a great knife. Huge. Yeah. It's kind of like a Rambo knife, but but it has a thinner version. And it has a curve to it. Yeah. On one side. And it's silver and black. It's got a nice sheen to it. And, yeah. Mitch Pelegi, I feel bad for a lot of his uh, victims here because he seems like he is rough. I wonder if that... That could have been Nancy, you think? I wonder if that was her. Could have been. Could have uh, been. I'll have to pull up a picture and do see you if wanna, Do it. you want to do a never-done-before thing <laughs> and rewind it and find out? <laughs> no, I don't want to mess oh, up the time code. But, okay. Oh, man, that almost looked like Mitch did that. So 
they're doing uh he had his escape plan man well, remember in the very beginning they they say how intelligent he is yeah. they said that he's so smart he's out smart to the police for like a really long time i forget how long but months and months you yeah know. so horace has literally put a ladder between two roofs and has scaled to the other roof and the dad has gone down to the ground to uh to go around to the next building but and, uh, peter berg's like fuck that i'm jumping Irish Terry Conklin. Oh, and he oh, made, he it. made it. No problem. Like handedly, very easy. And that was like a ten foot ladder. Yeah, yeah. Rhino could easily do it if he wanted to help yeah. out. Right here. Come on, Rhino. Pull one for your buddy. No, Rhino ain't gonna do so it. So Horace, oh, not realizing. It to the back. Yeah. Oh, oh man. and they just start one really great fight, man. Yeah. I mean, someone choreographed the hell out of this. And like I this. said, I don't think Mitch is pulling punches yeah, on was any a of this full stuff. Full over body slam. So yeah. Yeah. And, it, and to do it on top fight. of a roof. Yeah. I mean, Peter's grabbing antennas and, like, whipping them at, <laughs> at Pinker's head. Yeah. See, that's the only... Yeah. Oh, oh, he drops him with a nice... I would have loved to seen a lot more roles with Mitch Pelegi playing this type of asshole scumbag, too, man. Oh, yeah. He was good. I didn't oh. understand this. Yes, it would hurt, but it wouldn't really kill yeah. you or anything. I mean, if he pressed really hard, you'd really... You might lose a nose. Yeah. So he... Spun like the vent to the roof, and you know, tried to put Irish Charity Conklin's head against head it. against it. You now, know. if it was like a tire, like uh, Pet Cemetery yeah, Two style, yeah, <laughs> that would have been a lot better. So Mitch just he basically is is caught, but even being taken away, he's throwing a couple more jabs at him killing his uh, his girlfriend and shit. Yeah, and Peter Berg. Probably the best acting I've ever seen him do. He really loses his shit here. Oh, yeah. Like, emotionally well, breaks and, down. And Mitch just laughs the whole way being and pulled he's, in. he does a good job at just playing straight-up psychotic. I mean, look at him, dude. Oh, like, he just laughs and smiles. He's getting pulled away by five guys with smiles on his face. He doesn't care at all. I hate to say it, but he probably had an absolute blast playing this character. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know how much fun that would be? When it's not you in real life to yeah. play a psychotic it's not so fun when you're psychotic. Oh, so now uh, <laughs> Peter Berg commit, trying to convince his dad to let him be there for the execution. Yeah. He's like, I earned it. I earned this execution. He really has, too. Oh, I mean, he yeah. saw his, his foster mom, his foster sister, and his girlfriend all murdered right. by this guy. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the dad seemed upset, but he didn't seem as upset as you'd think he would be. Yeah. Over losing like, his, his, his wife. wife and daughter? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they bust into it. What's interesting is they bust into No More Mr. Nice Guy by Alice Cooper. Yeah. But it's a different version than the original one. I think it's still Alice, though. It still does sound like him. I, I, they show his video. Yeah, they show his video later on, so yeah. it makes no sense. And if they're using his guitarist, he obviously has some sort of connection to the movie. Yeah. So now they're showing inside the execution bay, you know, where the uh, the chair is and, and where the guy pulls it. You get to see the uh, the audience filling up. We a whole bunch of nobodies. We don't know who they are. We're guessing, I guess, they're uh, press, press and yeah. victims' families. And the front row is kind of dedicated for uh, Peter Berg, his dad, and uh, some cops and stuff. And yeah, they're just prepping the chair, man. And these are it's such an effective kind of scene to do. Oh, you know, yeah. you just flail your body around, and you put in the special effects and the noise later on. You pump the smoke. Yep. And it, I'm surprised we didn't electrocute anyone in any of the movies we did. Did we? No, we electrocuted uh, uh, what's his name in the uh, with with the collar. Remember, it turned his eyes. White. Oh, cheek. So we, so we, no, the, oh, Chris. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. Uh, we did electrocute one person, but. And it was done well. We put Alka-Seltzer in his mouth, and he spit up and everything. And then Hedges was like, 
I think he pissed himself. Yeah. <laughs> Check this. Uh... So now this is, they still have yet to bring him in though, right? Like this. No, no, no. Because remember, he hasn't done the electrocution he hasn't done to the, himself yet. Yeah, he hasn't okay, done the yeah. thing in the, uh, in the cell. So we're going to yeah. see that here in a second. See, and then that's the cop that ends up, the cop sitting to his right right there is the one that ends up getting yep. possessed by him and comes to the house. This must have been so close to Friday the 13th Part 6 because he looks just like he did in Friday the 13th Part 6 and he played a cop. Really? It's like he's doing using the same uniform. Hey, so now we're pays. seeing in the cell and they're going to Mitch's cell, the priest, two, co- two cops that are going to get horribly disfigured Dead in, in completely different ways too. Yeah, oh yeah. So dude. it's already happening. We're in his cell and he is holding on to like car batteries. I want to know where he got the cables. jumper cables from though. Amen. I mean, I guess you can get anything you need in prison. Yeah. But he's got candles so lit. On, and let's hear what he open. says. The, this thing comes out of the... You got it, baby. <laughs> how cheesy. Yeah. How cheesy great is that? Yeah, like... So then he basically possesses himself with electricity. Like the electricity demon goes into him and possesses <laughs> him in a way. Just to protect him before he gets electrocuted, I guess. I guess that was the whole plan. The cops yeah. bust in. They grab his jumper cables. Don't seem too shocked that he's got them. You know, contraband. Yeah, yeah. no. Someone suitcase that your ass for you. Yeah. Right? A pair of jumper cables. Yeah. Oh, God. You pull it out like a tampon. You're oh, good to go. <laughs> the priest is clearing out all of the... See, so he was doing some kind of, like, black magic. There's symbols on the floor. Yeah. He had candles. Large old books open up that he's The priest recognized casting. it. Oh, this is where yeah. it happens, man. Oh, this man. is the thing, dude. This is horrible. So I, I don't know which one I'd rather be. I think I'd rather lose my fingers and have what happens yeah. to this guy's lip. So he's laying on the ground. They think he's probably going to die. And there's two cops. And one of them starts to give him CPR. Mouth to mouth, does, specifically. Yeah and, yeah. and he does one, two. And when he comes up on the third one, he's got his mouth wide open. And he goes to give him the breath. Oh, it looks so real. Oh, it does, He dude. bites his bottom lip. And he pulls it probably oh, seven God. inches away from his his face. And it's just hanging. And then he snacks on that guy's fingers. Oh. Finger looking good. And he, oh. Yeah, he... He bites at least three of his fingers, two or three of his fingers off. Yeah, and they just start stomping him, which... Deservedly so. Yeah, and the priest just stood there the whole time. He didn't even move. Yeah, the priest doesn't want anything bitten on him. Yeah. <laughs> touching my toes. Oh, Ugh. so the priest does the check on his oh. neck, and, yep, he still will. I would have probably executed Look, his there's dead the body. fingers sitting next to his head. Yeah, the MPAA allowed that, just not the spit up. So of them. you could see that he got him. His outfit was always iconic too. He has like a taxi cab kind of weird jumpsuit Orange checker, on. Yeah, yeah. What I love the the VHS cover for this with him on the. Uh, it's in right here. Yeah, isn't it's it? basically this with like him the getting electricity. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and the doctor here has. Oh, she had compassion. it awesome because she got to play. Uh, she got to play evil. I'm telling you, the character actors that he got to jump in, they yeah. loved it, man. They loved every minute of it. So the priest is offering is his last rites, and he's telling him to shove him up his ass. But he's going to drop some info on Peter Berg here just at the last minute, man. Yeah. Just to be a dick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you haven't fucking suffered enough enough? Here, how about this mental baggage I'm going to drop on <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> oh, you want to hear my last words? <laughs> yeah. Here's some nightmare fuel for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't bother with the 23 and me. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> You're fucked, Pete. Yeah, and so they're introducing the death and the guy saying, like, you know, usually I try and 
you know, be reserved about this, but he's honestly like just talking about he's ready to flip this switch. Yeah. Yep. Final words? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So yeah. this is him just breaking down the fact that I was your mom. I used to beat you and your mom. Have you not remembered any of this? Yeah. The, the way the dad reacted right there uh, yeah. really uh, sells it, it man. Makes I don't you know really what that girlfriend true, said, but I really believe it was true. Yeah. That the, I don't think the dad ever thought that he was going to reveal this. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken about the secret, but I swear that's what the secret was. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, and he's just. Still I mean, going it very on. well could be not his dad and just mom be a victim. Could be. Uh, someone he killed. Yeah. Either way, I think he probably did kill his mom. <laughs> that's crazy uh, yeah he's still going on just and he's so descriptive about the situation that he's oh, talking yeah. about like it's just a horrific situation and he's even looking towards his dad be like is this true yeah oh man yeah I you would think that they would they would shut him up after a while yeah you let yeah. him talk enough yeah the dude did say he's like oh he has a right to speak yeah. but like you don't get to just sit there and go on and on and on and on and for, yeah. i mean i love this line here <laughs> <laughs> you want to fry me then do it you fucking insect <laughs> you heard the man this will be the most enjoyable fry we do all day yeah right oh so we see the light go on about to pull this switch Oh, it they even had a voice activated thing. Yeah, it is armed. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a thing. They didn't put a, they didn't put a sponge in there. No sponge. Yeah, they're doing him dry. <laughs> we know how that works. Yeah. So yeah, they pull that switch, and we get to see that blue lightning underneath the hat, which was a great effect. Oh you know, yeah. It was just a great light, and then just Mitch sold the rest of this kind of thing on his own. Lights go out. Oh, oh man, the makeup, makeup they do so on his good. head. So he is does not have the top of the thing on his head anymore, and his head is exposed raw, almost down to bone. Yeah. Definitely and muscle, and just he's still alive, which yeah. surprises the hell out of the uh, the warden here and everybody else. And they send this poor, dainty little I'm woman in there to check on him. Like, how, how they could have put her in charge of this And is she closes me. the door. There's not a yep. guard. There's nobody. So and she, then she's just, got her stethoscope. She boom. just touches him. And the second she touches him, he electrocutes gets, her. And she flies back onto the ground. And little do we know that that is where his kind of soul has just and soul jumped. is gone, yeah. So cool, man. I love it. How did it happen in the in Fallen? Do we do you know how it happened in Fallen? Was it like a uh, Chucky thing also? Where because in Chucky it he did touch. it too. It was just touch. It was a touch thing. Yeah. Huh? Um, and he got, he only had one breath. Um, the the demon Azazel only had one breath. Interesting. That's why he took him yeah, out. Yeah, Child's Play is another one that I didn't even think of. That he that, that, that's, that's another. Uh, that was a body jump too. Yeah. movie. I love the body jumps. Oh yeah, give me yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a great scene, man. I absolutely, absolutely love it, man. And yeah, it just and they they ended it with this great camera shot of them going into the electrocution room, and they don't shoot handheld like this again in the rest of the movie. It's really great how he just wanted to kind of show the chaos. Yeah, well, That's, and he disappeared, right? Yeah, he disappeared. They yeah. don't know where what happened. And actually, yeah, I'll keep it running until this last kind of shot here because he, I don't know how this happens because he is behind the door, but we just saw that door closed and he wasn't yeah. behind the door. Yeah. So you figure it out. So he's 
him and the only people in the room right now, that hat doesn't even look like it's taking any damage. No, it's not at all. Pristine. Yeah. <laughs> so look, they're in the, the room. Door's and, against the wall. Like, how could he be behind the door? I know it's crazy, but we, in a second he's going to close that door, and we're going to see him. It's totally flat right now, so that's nuts. Yes. Yeah, so. I mean, I guess we're nitpicking when we're talking about jumping to people's body, and that's yeah, not right? our problem. Like, oh, Where is he in the room? You don't believe that? That's the line you draw? <laughs> <laughs> this is some bullshit yeah. hide-and-seek rules right here. Get the fuck right out of my theater. <laughs> <laughs> they, show, they didn't show the entrance. He could easily yeah. walked in right then. Right. Oh, yeah. no, it's this door. Oh, it, so it yeah. is a completely different door. Okay. Yeah, there's more of an angle to that yeah. one. So Peter Berg closes it. Pinkerton's eyes open, falls down in the ground. Smoke comes out of oh, his mouth. Oh, great smoke out of the mouth, He's man. He's cooked. And then he basically just catches on fire. Not the clothes, though. Just the body. Yeah. And then... Incinerates. <laughs> and then ex- the body incinerates in the clothing. And, and then he just nothing. disappears. Yeah. Disappears. But where is he? The movie can't be over, Justin. <laughs> tell us. Tell us. <laughs> oh, he's in some poor, unsuspecting woman that's being transported into an ambulance right oh, now. That's oh, so that's so awesome, great. dude. And, uh, yeah, she comes back all, like, wild-eyed and pissed. And, yeah, it's such a fun movie, man. There's yeah. no re- way not to like this movie. I mean, you can't go into it like a lot of these movies we talk about on Obsessed with the Obscure. Uh, you can't go into it kind yeah. of... High expectations. Yeah, wanting Oscar-winning yeah. movies. This is all <laughs> entertainment. This is all cheese. This is all stuff we grew up with that we really enjoy and love, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's exciting. That's this week's episode. Our, our next episode is going to be Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Which is going to be exciting. Me and Dave still are uh, planning on doing Beastmaster, which should be coming next week. But then me and Justin doing some Maximum Overdrive. And, yeah, we have some fantastic movies coming up. So I'm super excited uh, to bring those to you. But if you want to check us out on Facebook where you can message us and ju- or just check out the cool compilation pictures, check us out on Facebook, Fascinated with Films. Or you could leave us a like or a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, our two platforms. Or you could shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. I love it, man. Hell yeah. So, till next week, see ya. Peace. You get your ass out there and you find that fucking door. (laughs) 